Pushing through, I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And it is October 5th, 2020, and last night, game three of the NBA Finals happened, and 2020 struck again. BJ, Jimmy Butler goes Super Saiyan, as the kids would say, and goes for a 40 point triple double, 70% from the field. First off, is it a series, BJ? That's the narrative. People are saying now we have a series. Can you debunk that? Can you give me your side eye so we can go ahead and uh, and get on yeah, with the show? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I'm going to be the grouchy guy today. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a series. You win a game. Okay. If the series were in regular mode, right, mm. you would have the first two games in Staples Center. And, yep. and all of us would say the narrative would be, well, the Lakers took care of their home. Now they have business. to go there. Yep. Go to Miami, and we'd go down to South Beach. And then after the first game, everyone would say, Miami won the first game. And now they have a possibility to take care of home and win two games. Mm. Okay. But here we are in the bubble, and all of that is just out of the window. Now we're like, the Lakers are up two. This series is over with. (laughs) And they win a game, and now we don't know what to say. We've Mm. run out of adjectives to describe this situation so i'm going to say this there was an incredible game by the miami from this regard the miami in order to beat the lakers they have to play a really flawless basketball Mm -hmm. and from that standpoint jimmy butler gave one of the more incredible individual performances we've seen in in the nba finals and what he was able to do not down one, but two starters. I mean, they're under man for, for all intents and purposes. For all intents purposes, they should not be even in this series, let alone win a game. Yep. And that's the most disappointing thing about watching the game is when you have an opportunity to win, you win. When you have an opportunity to close, you close. Now the series is being stretched, and it gives. And the more time you have the more chances you have something to go wrong. Now, I don't know what happened to Anthony Davis last night. I don't really know what happened to the Lakers. They came out and they just had like butterfingers, right? They were mm-hmm. passing the ball out around and and they were just very, very relaxed. Maybe this is the wake-up game that they need. But, but until the series is tied 2-2, they're not going to get my attention because, mm-hmm. you know, this is, a, this is a team that, you know, they have some toughness. They've shown that all year. They have what we call basketball integrity. They're going to play the game. And they're going to do the things the right way. And Coach Spo, even though they've lost the first two games, he's done an incredible job of coaching this team because mm-hmm. every single game, he has come up with a different game plan to win. And now, finally, after game three, they found a way to win the game. They made some adjustments on Anthony Davis. They made some adjustments on how they played the Lakers. And clearly, they found something, right? And that something is they know they can exploit the defensive schemes or whatever the Lakers are doing by just putting them in isolation. Mm -hmm. And last night, you know, Jimmy was terrific. Now, whether or not he can duplicate that for three more games, that's a tall task. That's a tall task. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will say this. 
it was a great game plan, great execution by by the guys. And as long as they can figure out how to score, it looks like they can hang around. And uh, last night was a great game, but I'm certainly not saying we have a series yet because, you know, tomorrow night is going to be tomorrow. Tomorrow night should be a game where the Lakers should be a little disappointed. They should come out and play, but, you know, we'll see. You never know how these things turn out. After we did the game one, uh, you know, breakdown of the series, BJ, we, we talked about it. It looked like the Lakers were going to overpower the Miami Heat, and obviously we had the injuries go down. But you said there's always a sliver of hope in the finals because you can't just go out and expect to win the games because we're better. You have to go win the games themselves. And I think, you know, the, the, the Jimmy Butler aspect of it all, I mean, I talked about historically, the only people that have ever done what he did last night in a final, or ever, not even just in a finals game, is Wilt Chamberlain, Charles Barkley, Chris Webber. Magic Johnson, Jimmy Butler. That's the list. So that that's an impressive Chris list. Chris Weber? Chris Weber did that uh, in 1995 regular season game. So regular season. Oh, a regular bit. season game. I was going to say, yeah, wow. Yeah, I, this... okay, I, thought I, was a se- I thought I was having a senior moment here. <laughs> You're like, I, was, I was like, God, I don't remember when Chris Weber was in the NBA Finals. Okay. <laughs> no, All that right, was in 1995 right. in the regular season. But that's just <laughs> statistically what we're talking about. But I, I think the fascinating part of what we saw last night, and I think it comes down to an understanding of when you play the game of basketball, there's one word that comes to mind when you talked about the fundamentalist, and it's competition. And you said that to me uh, after game two, when we were heading into game three, you were like, I just want to see the Heat compete. They're good. I want them to make right. LeBron compete. And in the first quarter, the Heat come out, they dirty the game up. Jimmy has a big dunk. They're playing good defense. They're muddy in the waters. They're getting the Lakers to switch and talk to each other on defense. Myers Leonard's doing a great job talking on defense for the Heat, right? They, they have things go their way. You know, uh, Kyle Kuzma hits the three there, goes to the bench. A high five is missed. Uh, there's another high five missed in AD. These are all the narratives that are going, like, what's going on with the Lakers? But Jimmy Butler gets told by LeBron James, you're in trouble at the end of the first quarter. And this is like good old school basketball talk, you know. They're they're down three at that point, the Lakers were. Then at the end of the game, Jimmy makes a layup. They go up by nine, 109-100. And he looks back at LeBron, looks at him dead in the face. And he says, you're in trouble. And then he explained after the game, he was like, I just said that because he said that. And this was competing, right? This was a competition. This was a fun game and a fun back and forth. And just from that standpoint in those moments, that's when it feels like a real NBA Finals. There's no fans. There's no weird Miami now. We were just in L.A. There's no bad bunny spitting Sprite out on the sideline in Miami that we may have seen. But we did get like a moment of competition that I thought was pure basketball competition. And I th- that's why I'm excited. I'm not going to go as far to say it's a series. I think it might be just one moment, one lone bright moment in a series that ends rather quickly. Seems like the media and the Lakers, obviously, and the LeBron people wanted to end as quickly as possible. But I did think that was a pure moment of competition. And uh, I know it came down to like a moment of smack talk. I'm not trying to say that that was the actual right, moment. But right. you can point to those two timelines and say, Jimmy Butler came there to compete. He said, I have to do this to have to give our team a chance. And after game two, Spolster said, you know, if you really give a shit, you'll do whatever it takes to win. And uh, Spolster gets his 12th finals win in his career. He passes Chuck Daly, the great Chuck Daly, which is impressive. Seventh all-time now on that list. Phil Jackson is first with 47 finals wins. So, I mean, a lot of historical moments there. And I just wanted to point that out because it did come down to competition. And uh, I thought that was good for the game of basketball to have LeBron have someone go at him. We don't see that very often. Yeah, you know, I I think we're all looking for something right now. And uh, (laughs) just looking for something. Hey, I'll take it. That's my narrative. Yeah, exactly. We're looking for something. Um, something that stood out to me. This is what stood out to me as I watched the game. One, they made a huge adjustment on Anthony Davis, and I've only seen one other team do that. 
is they crowd him every time he gets the ball. Mm. And that's very unusual for a player to feel comfortable crowding a star player because Anthony Davis is a star player. Now, I've only seen one other team do that to him, and that was the Golden State Warriors. And they would crowd him to force him to just make a move. Mm -hmm. And I first noticed it with the Warriors. And then as I watched the game last night, I was like, wow, I haven't seen that in like two or three years. So if you if you ever watch Anthony Davis play, every time he catches the ball, he faces up and he jabs. That's kind of mm -hmm. like his rhythm. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like, you know, that's the way he starts before he does something. He gets so he the revs ball up. and he, yeah. Yeah, he jabs. And then if he jabs and you don't react, he'll go by you. Mm -hmm. If you react, he'll shoot the jump shot. You know, he, he kind of like, that's his like staple move to get moving. He doesn't do anything without jabbing first. Mm -hmm. Now, guess who the player that was guarding him last night when I saw this? It Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, okay, Andre Iguodala knows something about Anthony Davis. They played the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played the Pelicans <laughs> in the finals. And I thought, that's interesting. So these are the things that I'm watching. You guys are watching narratives. Who's giving high fives? <laughs> I'm just trying to watch, like, what is Coach Spo doing? So yep. Coach Spo said, Andre, you know something. I want you to see if it works. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think it was by accident that Anthony Davis came out and just played awful in the first quarter because he has to make an adjustment, and he didn't make the adjustment, which – I was like, oh, wow. Like, is this like just a coincidence or is this something that you really can look at? So Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, they're just literally crowding Anthony Davis. They're in his personal him. space. Yeah. They're forcing him to do something so that he can't play without doing his usual jab because <laughs> everyone respects him. Mm -hmm. And then he was just totally out of control. He's getting offensive fouls. He's just doing things uncharacteristically. So I thought, okay. So clearly, that was an adjustment. And the second thing was, they're going to milk the the matchup that they want on the offensive end. Mm -hmm. So, and I and I and I, I was last night. There there are two players that I I was just laughing at last night it was Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson because <laughs> they don't have to make a shot to stay in the game. They uh -huh. just have to shoot a shot if they're even open. Yeah, just to that's keep them their, honest. Yeah, just to keep everyone honest, and that's the great. <laughs> I mean, that's like okay, hey BJ, just go out there. You can go over twelve. Yeah, really, and I can stay in the game. Yeah, yes. You keep just shooting. shoot whenever you think you're open. You don't even have to be open. Just, if you think you're open, just shoot yeah. it. Pull it, and if you don't, you're coming out. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> now. Those two things is what kept my interest for the whole 48 minutes. Because okay. Tyler Dunk, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, that's the type of confidence that every shooter needs. Just mm. shoot if you think you're open. Mm. Now, this other guy, uh, Kelly Olenek, he's got a fascinating role too. Because his job <laughs> is just to find ways to score. Yep. Clearly. Yeah. Pick and roll, like, whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever you need to do to score 20, <laughs> you just do it. I don't care. It's kind of like, okay, I, I, I picture Coach Smoll just talking to the other four guys. Here's the offense we're running, and everyone yeah. else is saying, hey, man, you just get it. I don't care how you get these 20 points. You just get 20, and that's all we need. Yep. Now, as I'm watching this game, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting at any point for the Lakers to make the adjustments 
for them to get the ball to clearly LeBron if AD's not playing well, and he's going to take over the game. And it just never happened. It just never happened last night. Now, I don't know if it didn't happen because Jimmy Butler and company know something. Mm-hmm. But if AD comes out in the first quarter tomorrow night and does the same thing, then then there's I a series. Say, yeah. Then there's a series. Mm-hmm. Because now you got to make adjustments. Now, AD, I've seen this before. They must know something about AD's game. Mm-hmm. That if he can't jab, then something's not right. I don't know what it is. Like, But I'm going to look for that. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Because I can... I can tell you the first play the Lakers are going to run tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Get AD the ball. Yeah, exactly. AD's not going to mm-hmm. go zero for zero for zero. He didn't even get a shot up. Mm-hmm. He's going to get some shots up. Now, he may not score, but at least he's going to get some shot up, shots up. So those are the two things that I'm looking for. And if this is the case, my friend, then and only then will I say it's a series mm-hmm. because I expect the Lakers to make an adjustment. You know, last night's game also felt like that Miami was up 20. And every time I would look, they were they was up two, three. At one point <laughs> in the fourth quarter, they were down two, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how much better the Miami Heat can play. I would venture to say that they would probably be better at home if their fans were there, would give them a little bit more energy. But... They were terrific last night. Well, at least Jimmy Butler was terrific. Everyone else, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. And I don't know if you can continue to play like that and win like that. But defensively, if they can take away Anthony Davis mm-hmm. because they know something about him, then I'm going to buy into the scouting report. And then they're going to have me looking on YouTube, looking at that series. Because I, I, I remember watching that live how the how the Warriors defended Anthony Davis and they did the same exact thing and I saw him struggle with that mm-hmm. I saw him struggle with it but I was like ah, maybe it's just an anomaly maybe you know whatever when I see another team doing it I was like oh and I'm going to look for that so game four I'm excited just to see if that is truly the case and then I'm going to put it in my game notes is how to guard Anthony Davis. That's a great that's a great tidbit. We'll definitely watch that. Keep an eye on that. And I have to push back a little bit, BJ, just uh, about this theory. Do you think that there is a case in point where Andre Iguodala says to Spo, I, I know this about Anthony Davis. Like, trust me, this is how I want to do this. We got to crowd him. Or is this something that, like, you know, Spo, or Spo's talking to other coaches that may have had something on AD? Like, is he trying to fact yeah, find? I, I think when you when you or is it just when you tape? have a good when you have yeah. a good team, yeah. there's a level of communication you have with your coaches. Mm-hmm. I think when you have veterans like Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. you know, I learned this from all the, the the coaches that I play for. You know, a lot of times when I became a veteran in the league, they would ask me, "How do you want to guard this situation?" And that to me was the ultimate respect. Yep. Okay, because. When you have a great coach, that coach feels secure in their decisions, knowing how they probably really want to guard it. But what is it that a coach wants every player to do? I just want them to play hard. Mm-hmm. And what will allow you to play hard every single game? Well, if you have some responsibility. So if I said, Tate, how you want to open the show? You will take on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. But if I said, Tate, this is how we're going to do it. And in your mind, you don't like it. You'd be like, whatever (laughs) so so 
What does Coach Spo need right now? He mm-hmm. needs maximum effort and maximum energy. Mm-hmm. He may not even agree with like, he's like, what are you talking about? This is Anthony Davis. This is what a top five player. Why would we crowd this guy? And then the veterans are like, trust me, coach. And what does the coach say? Trust you. And you're trusting him. It goes, it goes both ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you see something that works, the players, when they see something that works, they know because they're out there doing it. Mm-hmm. But what does the coach want all of his players to do? I just want all my guys to play hard. The last thing you don't want to do is your guys not to believe in the system that whatever it is you're doing, whether you believe it or not, is doesn't, it's not even required. So I, I think this is a good test for any young coach to see, or a good example for any young coach to see, what is it that you want? You want to play hard. You want your guys to play hard and the coach and the, what does the player want? Well, the coach believes in me. He believes that, you know what, this is how I believe this is the best. And if it doesn't work, the coach could always switch it up, you mm-hmm. know, mid quarter or, you know, if the guy hits three in a row, we can say, okay, guys, let's switch it up, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's just common sense. But, um, you know, just something I think you can look out for. Yeah. One last thing I have to ask about this series before we get out of here, and then we're going to toss to a little segment we have talking about Hurricane Laura and, and some of those donations we can do down there to help out with McNeese State and our guy Joe D. But, uh, the the two guys that you mentioned, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Uh, you know, you are envious as a shooter. I I grew up. I would consider myself a shooter. There's nothing like having a green light, right? That, that's <laughs> that's the greatest thing in the world. And I feel like Steph and Clay were the first guys that were just kind of like, I can't believe Mark Jackson is letting these guys run elevator screens and just shoot it like it's like every single time they touch the ball. But I think that Hero and Duncan may have even more of a green light. And and is that am I am I losing my mind thinking that? Because I've never seen well, anything I, like I'm it. I'm not gonna say you're losing your mind. I'm gonna say here's the difference. Um Steph and Clay are unique because they shot with such accuracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It was to make it. Right now, it's to yeah, shoot to they, keep they, them honest. Yeah. yeah, it's a different. Yeah, it's a different they, situation. They, it's a different situation. You know, a lot of times you can shoot, and mm-hmm. you know, people ask me, you know, how do you become a good shooter? And I always tell them the same answer: shoot the shot you know you can make. Mm-hmm. See, the irresponsibility of shooting because you're open that that doesn't that 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 has never interested me. You know, I'm not interested in just jacking up shots. <laughs> I'm interested in making shots. Mm-hmm. what shots can you make that's how mm-hmm. i became a good shooter i shot the shots i knew i could make mm-hmm. now when you play in today's game what gives the miami heat the best chance to win the game right they're playing the game without a center now it's important that those guys shoot not make it. I mean, if they make it, great. Great. Yeah, so it's a it's plus. It's important that they yeah. shoot it because you have to give your best player a driving lane every single time. Why? Because he can attack the basket, and if all things go right, you can get a performance like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, it's different having to shoot a shot, and it's different to have to make a shot. I always joke with, with, with my clients. I always say, man, how was, how was the workout today? Oh man, the workout was great. <laughs> I got up a lot of shots. And then I always ask him, how many did you make? <laughs> how many did you make? Everybody's getting a lot make? of shots up. Yeah. Everybody's getting shots up. Well, it's, <laughs> it's no pressure in shooting up a shot, right? Right? It's no pressure in just shooting up a shot. If you just chuck up a shot, how many did you make? Mm. How many did you make? 
when I when I was when I was a player a long time ago, Tate, <laughs> I used to only shoot shots in the gym and count them as a make if they were all net. Because mm-hmm. I figured, how easy is it for me to just make an open shot? Like, mm-hmm. I just had this idea. Look, these guys are paying me a lot of money. And if I can't make a shot in the gym by myself, then what's the point of like calling myself a professional? So I have to have something that was going to keep me interested. Like people say right now, they're going in and shoot. They're going to the gym to shoot. Well, I'm old. I can't play at all. But I could go in the gym right now and just shoot and make shots and put up a video and go, hey, I'm grinding. I could do that right now. I'm sure in a, I'm sure at some point here, I could probably go in the gym and make 20 in a row and put it up in a video and go, I'm It's over. You just do that. Yeah, it's yeah. over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm that's him. Funny that's what Michael Beasley said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the hard part is when you have to shoot and you have to do it under some type of duress. Mm. So the duress that I always tried to put myself under was when I was practicing was if I could get 20 threes, let's say we shoot 20, 25 threes per spot, how many of them were actually all net? That's the only ones I counted as a make. Not the ones that I made all net. And I had to shoot a minimum, I had to make a minimum of 15 every single spot. Uh, you should be able to shoot half of the shots as in an in a open gym, all net. Why? Because yeah. two balls can fit in the hoop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't just chuck up a ball with no defense, nothing, and just chuck up a ball and make it all net. Like, so when I watched that, and the reason I'm just giving this, because when you watch Steph Curry, and watch Clay Thompson. Their ball always goes in clean. Yeah, it's, it's a wet, clean make, as the kids say. It's a clean. It's a clean make. And when you mm-hmm. have a clean make, that's different than just a make. Mm-hmm. It's a splash. It, it's it's a clean make. Yeah. So people, I can have a good game, a good shooting game. Oh man, whatever. He was seven for ten or whatever it is. But then I and I watch him and I watch the tape and I'll go, ooh, that didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Those weren't clean makes. Those weren't clean makes. There's a lot of times, Tate, that I've had some awful shooting games statistically, but they were the best clean misses I've ever had. Like, they hit the rim just right, it went up in the air, and it came straight down. Mm. That, to me, is shooting. When you watch Steph Curry or Klay Thompson, they're great. They got great misses. Like it's, it's like a perfect miss. Yeah. Like it's like poetry in motion. Yeah. Yeah. It hits the rim. <laughs> it goes up in the air and it comes straight down. It's, and then you'll watch some guys. They'll hit it and it'll be like boom. It'll yeah. be like ricocheting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the worst type of miss is when you're left or right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, the. How do remember, you, remember Rodman in the last dance? He's describing the misses of the other guys. He's like, and then it went over here and I can. Yeah. 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 <laughs> those are those are the worst. So, you know, when I watch Tyler and those guys. God, it must be like, it must be like a video game for them. They're just yeah. like, okay, Duncan. Duncan still, we had him on the show, but he's still weirded out by it. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. It was just like he's you know, still like, uncomfortable he, taking those shots. You could tell, like he took five shots in a row in that last game, and he missed all of them. And you could tell he was like, I don't ever want to do this again. And he finally got fouled. Like, like last game, he had a shot. I don't even think it touched his hands. He just redirected the ball. It was like he shot. I mean, okay, you, there's, you, there's a quick release, and then there was like that. Mm-hmm. And then and then Mark Jackson called it. He was like, normally I would say that's a bad shot, but for Duncan Robinson, that's what he's out there to do. 
Yep. And when he is aggressive and Tyler Hero is aggressive, it, it increases their chance to win because it allows their drivers to drive. It allows Jimmy to do what Jimmy's going to do. Mm-hmm. Whenever they play screen role, now, you know, uh, uh, Kelly Olenek is open on the role. Yep. And so uh, it has to be fun. I mean, I, I, that's, I did kind of miss that. I just want to know what it's like to have to be able to shoot the ball. Your job is just to shoot. Whew. It's a great job. I think oh. that, that's what everybody wants their job to be. Just just sit around and shoot. So take next time we're mm-hmm. together, I'm going to look at your misses now. Okay. If you really want to impress me, I'm I'm just as impressed by a good miss as I may, as I am as a a a, a, a bad made shot. Mm-hmm. Like there are some shots that are so bad you go like you should just give that back. Yeah, for sure. You should just give that back. Yeah. You ever see those line drive shots that just go in and there's like and they hit the rim and they rat on you? I'm like, yeah, I want to give that back. Yeah, that, that's the joke him Noah free throw in my mind. That's that's what Ooh, I think about. Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> it's a straight joke. line. But he was just trying to put it in. You know, he knew what he was there for. So that was yeah. a difference. You know, it's, it's like shooters can't shoot like that. But guys, yeah. bigs can. You know, you could, we could always figure it out. And, bigs. Yeah, Dirk the, Nowinski had a pretty ball. Larry oh, Bird yeah. had a pretty ball. Yeah, yeah. Reggie it's, Miller. Even that it was rotation a, in the air. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Re- Reggie Miller had a pretty ball. Dale Ellis, mm. pretty ball. Del Curry. Dale Curry, oh man, Dale Curry, he mm. was Glenn Rice, Glenn pretty Rice. ball, yep. yeah, you know, you know, it, it takes, you know, when you see when you see a good hey, ball, Tim Legler, Tim Legler, pretty ball, yeah, Tim, Tim Legler had a, yeah, <laughs> Tim Legler, he, he could shoot that thing. There's a lot of you know, yep, you, you could just, you know, like Mully, when you shoot with Mully, mm. and I played with Chris Mullen uh, out in Golden State, you know, it was like. It was it, it was really like a treat to watch him shoot because he has no motion in his shot, mm-hmm. like no wasted motion. It was just like he'd catch it, boom, boom, and his ball was always. So that's the first thing that I look for when I look for a shooter. It's just the consistency in which they shoot, and how the ball goes in the basket. Mm-hmm. Is the ball dropping through? Mm-hmm. Like when I was really bored shooting, Tate, I would shoot at the top of the key. And I would see how many times could I shoot the ball in the basket and put so much backspin on it that the ball would spin back to me. <laughs> That's real shooter <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, seriously, try that. Just like, all right, I got 10 shots. Can you get the ball to come back to you six out of the, you know? That's how you know you're really on, though. That's just, how you know yeah, you're on. Yeah. That's how you know you're on because you would have to get so much rotation on the ball mm-hmm. that it would go through the net. And spin right back to you. It was like what you asked when Duncan was on. You're like, do you switch the ball? Or you get it on your seams, you know? Like yeah, and that's what yeah, every yeah, shooter yeah. does. But he didn't even have the time to do that, so he's just right. like he's just throwing it straight up. So, so just little things that I I, I kept myself. But that was that was in a, a yesteryear when you would, uh, back then, and now it's now. You just shoot them now. You just yeah. chuck them up there. Yeah, just throw them up there and see what happens. You just jack them <laughs> up, and uh, that's the world we live in. And uh, yeah, but the, the real note as we head into Game Four and the rest of the series, what to watch out for: Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Anthony Davis, personal space, the jab step. That's what we'll be watching. We appreciate that, BJ. Now we have a very special guest. Uh, you know, something that we that we want to touch on here on the program. We're gonna have Heath Schroyer, the uh, head basketball coach for McNeese State, and of course Joe Dumar is a star at McNeese State, star with the Pistons, and a friend of the program here on Pushing Through. We're gonna get to those guys right now. 
Before we get to Heath Schroyer and Joe Dumars, quick break to get a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Week 4 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 5. There is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 5, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. On top of that great sign-up offer, DraftKings offers great odds, boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving you all the basketball fans a 200% profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code LASTDANCE when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code LASTDANCE to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And we're also brought to you by NHTSA. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a little bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't. Ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are and they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop, over a mile to stop, I'll say it again. By that time, it's too late, and the result is potentially a deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. This has been a message brought to you by NHTSA. And now, on to Heath Schroyer and Joe Dumars. All right, and joining us on Pushing Through now, uh, we're going to raise some awareness for Hurricane Laura, Laura that's going on right now uh, at McNeese State. So we have uh, McNeese State legend and obviously a friend of the program, Joe Dumars, who has come on and played with the Bad Boys. We know Joe Dumars, but we also have the head coach of McNeese State, Heath Schroyer, a man who is on the ground right now dealing with this. So uh, just to start off, welcome you guys to Pushing Through. Joe, we appreciate you coming back. And uh, Coach, if you could just kind of run us through what's going on right now with Hurricane Laura and, and sort of the fallout now with McNeese State moving forward? Well, I appreciate, first of all, uh, for, for having us on and, and for talking about this. You know, the, the news cycle today moves so fast, yep. um, but the struggle here is still still so real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Hurricane Laura touched down here in, um, in Lake Charles on August 27th. Um, hundreds of thousands of people without water, um, food, or, or, or power. Um, you know, we went uh, 18, 17, uh, almost 18 days without power. Uh, there's still half the city um, still has no running water or, uh, uh, you know, or power. Um, so it's, uh, it's a real struggle, obviously. And then, um, you know, our university got hit. Uh, the eye of the storm went right through the university. Um, you know, it's great to see Joe again. And, um, you know, he wouldn't recognize it. I mean, from trees to debris. Uh, all of our athletic facilities, um, you know, just took a, uh, a severe hit. I mean, I we have a, a two-year-old, well, 18-month-old arena, and uh, we probably suffered, you know, anywhere from 10 to $15 million of damage there. Uh, all of our student-athletes have been uh, dispersed, um, you know, just, excuse me, displaced. So it's been, um, you know, the struggle's real. 
it's uh, you know there's there's no one in the country right now that uh, is having to deal with uh, with pandemic but also natural disaster. So uh, it's it's a struggle, and I appreciate you uh, you know having us on just to be able to talk about what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you, you mentioned the, the NCAA, you talk about the news cycle, right? It moves very quickly. The, the conversation that you hear around college football now is, will they play? You know, when when will that happen? Let's get these kids going. But there are bigger things that are going on, like you said, specifically for McNeese State right now, the facilities and everything that, that took a hit. Um, what, what are sort of the next steps? We're, we have the foundation that we'll give out for give for the donations that, that we'll put out at the end of this, but just the next step for you and the program, student athletes, um, to push this thing forward and start getting uh, you know all hands on deck. Well, right now we're just trying to get power to the to to the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's first and foremost um, for our athletes. You know, all of our athletes are displaced um, right now. We're trying to figure out a, a, to take our men's and women's basketball programs somewhere. We're, we're working to try to go to Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU has, has reached out to to try to pr- provide some gym time for us and things like that. But obviously, with COVID. Um, and all the parameters and the testing, it's just, it's not as easy as just packing up and moving and using someone's gym. Um, so it, um, it becomes very problematic, but, um, you know, we're committed to trying to get our team together, um, as soon as we can, we're looking at the first of October to just try to get somewhere to, to try to have some kind of training because, you know, we haven't, because of COVID, we weren't, didn't have our athletes here in the summer. And then obviously with the hurricane, we've had no fall. Uh, no preseason training. So um, as a, as a program, and um, we're obviously, you know, uh, a ways behind most people, but you, you mentioned it earlier at uh, when you go through a crisis, uh, it puts some things in, in perspective. And, um, you know, I was, I was on a call, you know, a couple of days ago with, with some coaches and, you know, they were complaining about practices and when can we get in a gym and this and that. And, and I kind of made a joke, but it really wasn't a joke. I said, you know, the last 17 days, I, you know, I'm trying to get running water and trying to get gas. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to flush a toilet. So, um, right, you know, we brought our guys in yesterday um, for a lot of them and tried to pack up their apartments. You know, I rented a U-Haul to just try to, you know, get the stuff that survived um, into, you know, some store. I mean, it's just – you know, things that no one else is having to go through, um, our athletes and our, our community and university mm-hmm. are going through right now. And uh, we appreciate you, uh, Coach, coming on and, and trying to shed the light on this whole situation and, and try to be a beacon of light. And then for people that want to support and help and obviously understand the dire situation that we're in, it's org slash give. You can go there now um, and, and try to get in donations to try to help the situation because, you know, everything, uh, like you said, Coach, it's it's not the best situation. Uh, it's not the, the easiest situation. It's a very tough situation, but um, there needs to be a sense of urgency see from everyone and understanding that this is happening right now and yes we want to slow things down but we all want to help so again that is mcneefoundation.org slash give and uh joe d if there's anything uh, i know if you, if you could paint the picture of a, a mcneese state great experience or, or your experience down there just to give some people uh you know a highlight about you know what we have at this university and what a great university it is if you, if you have something there uh, what Heath is is explaining uh this is a place that's uh, that's used to hurricanes, tornadoes, bad weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I grew up with that my entire life with, with hurricanes and, 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 and tornadoes and, and this type of weather. So this is not new. Mm-hmm. 
But this also tells you how devastating it is when when this city um, is to its knees like this. Uh, what Heath is, is explaining is 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 unbelievable. And if you saw the pictures or videos of it, you would you would further understand just how bad it is. And so and this is a place, like I said, if this was if this happened in a place where it had never happened before. I could understand, you know, people being like, oh, my God. But this is a place where it happens, you know, every year there's a hurricane season mm -hmm. and you have some form of this. This is different, though. This this is this is different than anything I've ever seen. And knowing that the eye of the storm came right through Lake Charles, right through McNeese is, it, it, you know, if you're from there and you hear that. And this thing was Heath, when it hit, was it Cat 3 or Cat 4 by the time it hit? Cat 4. Yeah. So you, I mean, Cat Four, Cat Five. When you hear about like this one and and, and Katrina, I, like most of the ones I grew up, he were like Cat Two. The sure. worst ones were maybe Cat Three. You sure. start talking Cat Four and Cat Five. Oh my God! I, I mean, like I, I can't even imagine. I've never been in a Cat Four. I've been in a Cat Three, and it felt like a train was rumbling through there, man. And, <laughs> and, 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 and so everything is shaking and you're just holding on for dear life. So the fact that, that it was a cat four and a direct hit, it's, just, it's, it's unbelievable for people who understand what hurricanes are about. And, 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 and that's what I'm saying. This is devastating guys. This is not just like, uh, Lake Charles had a bad storm. This, this, this is devastating. Hmm. Mm. Well, uh, Jody, we appreciate you, uh, you know, put it in perspective for everyone out there. A lot of people, you know, don't understand what a hurricane right. season may mean. They don't know that there's, you know, a category five versus a category right. one. And they don't know right. that, you know, when something floods, it's not an easy fix. And uh, right. especially when it's right. facilities and, and things of this nature, this is a very large scale um, situation. Yeah. And uh, we, we want to help in any way we can. And again, if you want to donate and get involved in the situation, it is mcneefoundation.org slash give. Uh, we appreciate both you guys coming on this program and obviously anything that we can do a pushing through and anything that BJ and I can do personally, uh, we would love to do that. And awareness is key and we would love to keep pushing this and appreciate you guys coming on the show. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you guys. Thank you.